The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 148 Jeremiah the Prophet Warns After King Josiah died, Judah was ruled by a string of unrighteous kings. The Jews did not want Josiah's eldest son, Eliakim, to be their king. Eliakim favored Egypt, and the Jews feared that would lead to Judah becoming a vassal state to Egypt. The Jews chose Eliakim's younger half-brother, Jehoaz, to be king. The king of Egypt, however, did not approve of Jehoaz. After he had ruled for just three months, the Egyptians overthrew him and carried him off to Egypt as a captive. King Necho of Egypt then placed a heavy tax on the nation of Judah. Since Necho viewed Judah as a vassal nation, he believed that only he had the right to choose its king. He appointed Eliakim. To reinforce his dominion over Judah, Necho changed Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he was placed on Judah's throne, and he ruled 11 years. During his reign, Judah was an unhappy and sinful nation. The people continued to be oppressed by Necho's heavy taxes. As the nation of Judah slid further into idolatry, King Jehoiakim's problems multiplied. He considered one of his most serious problems to be Jeremiah, a prophet from God. Jeremiah's ministry actually began several years before Jehoiakim became king. In fact, God called him when he was just a boy, when Josiah was still Judah's king. One evening, when he was around 16 or 17 years old, Jeremiah was startled from his sleep. He could tell someone was there. But as he looked around, he saw nothing. Jeremiah spoke a clear voice. He jolted up in his bed. Yes? Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. The voice said, And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you, and I ordained you, a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah realized the voice came from God, and he was speaking to him. Once the boy realized what his creator was saying, he became frightened. A prophet to the nations? The idea of fulfilling such a momentous job intimidated him. After all, he was so young. But how can I speak to nations? Jeremiah asked aloud. Kings, princes, and other powerful men would never listen to me. I am just a boy. God reassured Jeremiah that he would be with them. God said he would tell Jeremiah what to say and would guide him through difficult situations. You should not fear anyone, Jeremiah, even if he has a high rank and treats you with contempt. 
I will deliver you out of danger. The Eternal said. Jeremiah then felt God's hand touch his lips. Even though Jeremiah was young, God knew he was ready to receive the commission for his life's work. I am setting you over the nations and kingdoms with the power to root out and destroy. But I shall also give you the power to plant and build. God said. The job was even bigger than Jeremiah first realized. God had called him to accomplish far more than just delivering a warning message to Judah and other nations about the destruction to come. Not long after receiving his commission, Jeremiah traveled to Jerusalem. He had visited and worshipped there many times before, but this time he had a message to deliver. He had to warn the residents of Judah's soon coming fall to Babylon. The young prophet spoke boldly, courageously delivering God's words to the people he encountered. Sadly though, his words fell on deaf ears. Though he ran the length of the city streets in search of a righteous man, he could not find a single one. A few years later, while King Josiah was cleansing the temple, the book of the law was discovered. The people throughout Judah were ignorant of the law. God commanded Jeremiah to tour the cities of the kingdom and proclaim the recently discovered law of God. From Bethlehem to Hebron and from Gilgal to Beersheba, the young prophet rang out the message of the words of this covenant to the people of Judah. Then he returned to his hometown, Anathoth. Rather than giving the young man the warm homecoming one might expect, his countrymen had plotted against him. Hostile to the warning message he spoke, they actually attempted to kill him. After such a nasty reception, Jeremiah decided to move. He took a permanent residence in the capital city, Jerusalem. Directly after Jehoiakim became king, God gave Jeremiah his next mission. He told Jeremiah to go to the temple in Jerusalem and deliver a stern warning to all who came to worship the people did not think God would allow Jerusalem to be destroyed because his temple was there. So God sent Jeremiah to tell them otherwise. Unless you obey God, he will cause Jerusalem to be destroyed as the ancient town of Shiloh was, and he will turn it to a place spoken of with scorn and contempt. Jeremiah declared to the people, the tabernacle had been set up in Shiloh centuries earlier after Israel first entered the land of Canaan. The Philistine armies crushed Shiloh and took the Ark of God, which was later returned. This history would have been fairly vivid in the minds of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, especially the more religious people who visited the temple. Sadly, 
As was the case with Jeremiah's earlier experiences, the people did not appreciate his warning. Those visiting the temple were trying to gain God's favor with token offerings and prayers. Jeremiah's warning that their offerings weren't pleasing to God angered them. Many of Judah's leaders had had enough of this naysayer. They had grown tired of hearing Jeremiah's prophecies of doom. Some of the temple priests, unrighteous prophets, and other people in the temple grabbed Jeremiah and accused him in front of the crowd. You will surely die because you have pronounced curses against Jerusalem and God's temple. When the king's counselors heard about the incident, they went to the temple to arrange for Jeremiah to be put on trial. But those who were accusing him thought a trial was unnecessary. Why should we waste time putting together an unnecessary trial for this man? They ask. He is obviously guilty of crimes against the nation. He deserves to die. Jeremiah explained that he was delivering God's words. It was our Creator who sent me to the temple to warn you, and it was He who told me what to say. If you repent and obey God, He will not send this great punishment upon you. Do what you will with me, but if you kill me, you will have innocent blood on your hands, and even greater destruction will come to the city, because you have murdered one of God's chosen men. Some dismissed Jeremiah's words and insisted that he be put to death. The king's counselors and princes, however, came to a different conclusion. A few of the respected elders of Jerusalem reminded the bloodthirsty mob that Jeremiah was not the first man of God to deliver bleak warnings to the nation. Other prophets have prophesied that Judah and Jerusalem would be destroyed, and they were not killed for their warnings. Why should we treat Jeremiah differently? They said. We should remember what happened when King Hezekiah heeded the warning of the prophet Micah. Hezekiah believed Micah and called on God and God spared the nation. We would be wise to learn from that history. The angry priests reluctantly submitted to the will of these counselors and released Jeremiah. Even as Jeremiah was delivering God's message, a man named Urijah had been proclaiming similar warnings about the fate of Jerusalem and Judah. The message was largely the same, but there was something fundamentally different. There is no indication he was working with Jeremiah. Urijah wanted his own following of people instead. Jeremiah faithfully faced his accusers, even continuing to prophesy when he was on trial. But when Urijah heard that Jeremiah was suffering persecution for proclaiming the warning message, he feared for his life and fled the country. Fearful, Urijah fled to Egypt and went into hiding. This infuriated King Jehoiakim. The angry king sent his men into Egypt to find Urijah. They brought him back to Judah and delivered him to Jehoiakim. The king wasted no time in putting Urijah to death. Urijah's attempt to flee shows that he did not have the strength of faith that guided Jeremiah, and this faithlessness cost him his life. Meanwhile, King Jehoiakim continued to tax the people of Judah heavily so that he could pay tribute to King Necho 
and Jeremiah continued to proclaim his message of warning to the people. Jeremiah warned that Judah needed to fear Babylon, not Egypt, indicating that Babylon was the greater power. This greatly angered King Jehoiakim, who had been placed on the throne by Egypt. Jeremiah also warned that God was raising up the Babylonian Empire and that he would use the Babylonians to punish Judah for its idolatrous ways. This was not a popular message among the people of Judah, and they considered him to be a traitor. Four years into Jehoiakim's rule, God commanded Jeremiah to write down all the warnings he had delivered to Judah. Everything I have told you to proclaim from the time your ministry first started until now, you must write it all together in a book. God told him, If the people hear all at once all of the terrible destruction that I will bring on them, then maybe they will repent and be spared the punishment. Jeremiah dictated the prophecies to describe Baruch, who belonged to a family that often frequented the royal court. Baruch's brother was later used to transport a message of Jeremiah to Babylon. Given his royal attachment, Baruch was probably one of the most proficient scribes in the land. He agreed to write down the words of Jeremiah the prophet. This was a large undertaking. Many of the chapters of the book of Jeremiah we now have in our Bible were included on the large scroll, likely taking months to complete. When they finally finished this huge project, Jeremiah was shut up and couldn't deliver the message. Jeremiah told Baruch that he must give the warning to the royal court instead. You must go to the temple on the special fast day and read aloud to everyone there on my behalf. Since it is a solemn fast day, some may be shaken enough to repent and be spared from destruction. The seriousness of this job sobered Barak deeply. For days, Barak stewed over the decision. Up until this time, he had been well known for his scribal skills and likely hoped to be used in an official capacity for the king in the future. If he delivered this message, he would put himself at odds with the king and likely do away with his professional career. God saw Baruch's faithless attitude and used Jeremiah to give him a direct personal warning. Baruch, snap out of it. Jeremiah told the scribe. Quit moping around. You're being so selfish that God himself has sent me to warn you. Jeremiah continued. Don't you realize what's happening? The Babylonians are coming. They're knocking on the door of Jerusalem. And you're not sure if you want to deliver this message? God is about to uproot this whole nation. And you're thinking about your own personal future. God is not pleased. However, God will be merciful to you. If you deliver this message, he promises that though you will have many trials, you will survive this ordeal.
to be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church. Thank you.